Well, welcome everybody to episode 37 of the Blow Off Valve podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker. And this week, we're going to do a brief recap of the Russian Grand Prix, which uh, was not without uh, quite a bit of drama. Uh, unfortunate if you're a McLaren fan, a little foreshadowing there if you didn't see the race. But uh, we also want to touch on um, there have been some pretty significant announcements in the world of EV cars and trucks uh, in the last few weeks that I, we figured we'd kind of roll into a kind of one discussion. But uh, starting with the Russian Grand Prix this past week, uh, the qualifying in Sochi was kind of a shit show. <laughs> it basically, <laughs> as race to some degree, it was, it basically rained all week. It really must have been. I was going to say, yeah. I didn't, I didn't end up seeing it. But yeah. like when I looked at the results, I was very confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, so I, I forget who said it, but I, I think it was maybe Bernie Ecclestone even said like, if you want to make F1 more interesting, make it rain. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm paraphrasing there, but that was kind of the spirit of the, of the, unless it's spa, unless it's yeah, spa. unless it's spa. <laughs> uh, but it, it was raining throughout qualifying. So you had some really kind of topsy turvy results. So Lando uh, was first in the McLaren and qualifying followed by Carlos Sainz of Ferrari George Russell with the Williams qualified in third. Yeah, uh, that was Lewis, crazy. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton in fourth. Danny Ricardo uh, in fifth. Um, Fernando Alonso with Alpine in sixth, and Valtteri Bottas uh, with uh, uh, seventh place. So it, it just kind of a complete odd mishmash, but it it led to an interesting race. So mm-hmm. I was actually traveling uh, this weekend, so I didn't get to see the race live. I watched some of the highlights, but. But you were able to watch most of the race. So kind of what was your experience with it? Well, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, Lando, he started in, in first and, and mm-hmm. Carlos was able to, you know, pass him. And then mm-hmm. he got it back. And then at that point, it, it really kind of came down to a question of who's going to come in early, who's going to do an undercut. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were on these mediums and you're mm-hmm. thinking those aren't going to last, but then yeah. people just kept pushing them and pushing them further and further and we're kind sure. of getting away with it. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, probably I'm trying to remember at what point who came in, but, you know, there had been enough of a distance put in for uh, Lando that he was kind of like out comfortably mm-hmm. in the lead and Max, you know, I think it obviously must have taken, you know, the engine penalty and stuff. And so right. he's Max in the back. started at the back of the grid. Yeah. Right. And so he's clawing his way up, but he's got a lot of traffic in his way. Yeah. You know, and like Danny Ricardo uh, kept him at bay for quite a while, too, you know, as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah. and, and so, like, you've got these dynamics going on. But throughout the race, you know, you're kind of seeing lewis do what you expect lewis to do and he's creeping up on you know just about everybody making good passes here and there right kind of like with this feeling that it's almost inevitable (laughs) and you get to probably the most dramatic part of the race i think for me was when you kind of realize those guys who came in and looked brilliant by coming in early to switch tires it didn't Mm -hmm. end up making sense they yeah. they pulled the trigger too early and then mm-hmm. it's like okay now things are getting a little bit interesting yeah there's always you know there's always this i always feel it's kind of this bullshit chatter about rain mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, some, 
There's a cloud in the distance. (laughs) You're just like, that'll never come. That never comes. Yeah. And so you're like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. But then the last six laps. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it just went crazy. I mean, um, probably. So at this point, you know, it's kind of an interesting situation because Lando's out in front. And, and in a sense, he's got everything to lose because he's this is his you know first podium, first place finish first. Grand Prix potentially, right? Right. And keep in and, mind, uh, context is he is he's trying to get his first race win, and who is bearing yes. but the guy who's, who's won ninety nine races? Yes, right, exactly. You know? Now that being said, Lewis, in a sense, has everything to lose because he's. <laughs> You know, whether he gets it this race or the next race, he's going to mm. get his hundred. So, yeah. you know, keep that in the back of his mind. And, you know, Lando's just itching to get this first place right. finish. And um, Lewis also don't doesn't want to do anything too stupid to screw up the driver's championship. Yeah. And so right. he's, he's ahead playing of Max like at a, this point. Right. He's ahead of Max and he's, you know, playing a pretty safe game and. Mm-hmm. I remember at one point, this is just another thing that stood out to me in this race. We're at a point now where I don't know where the hell bot bodice is, but he's somewhere in the, you know, where they were on the radio a long time before that. Like, we still think you can get a top five. And let's yeah. just say he's like in 15th or 16th place. And you're just, yeah. no way. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. Right, end right, up right. Like that. <laughs> yeah. At one point, his engineer's like, you can win this, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. So then. You know, I remember looking at the radar and I saw this, you know, rain cloud formation, like coming in off of the sea mm-hmm. and, and you're like, okay, well, I wonder when that'll show probably after the race, like it normally does. Yeah. Right. And then I think it's, it starts to show up yeah. and you get this like smattering of rain yeah. out on but the like track, part of the track, one part of the train. Yeah. Yep. And so it was kind of like just starting to creep in. Maybe that was the part closest to the the sea. Yeah. And so you're starting to get some rain and people are complaining a little bit. You're seeing a couple people getting squirrely yeah. to that. <laughs> so but the radio chatter. Up. Yeah. So then the right. radio chatter kind of starts up like, mm-hmm. do you come in for, for intermediate tires to yes. deal with the rain? Yes. And I think, feel like and i'm trying to remember because it's a little while now ago but some people were pulling the trigger early yeah and you kind of thought oh that might be too early you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um so they're going around and around and you can see it's starting to kind of pick pick up a little bit because it's getting misty yeah and there is more chatter more chatter and there's back and forth between the drivers and the pit crews and i think really what it came down to was Again, Lando had everything to lose in a sense because he's he's in a position that it's very hard to find himself in. Right. Um, so he knows it could be his first. So he's and he also knows it might be his last chance this season. I mean, this it might be. It very the, well might be. This is kind of a. They know that they don't have the pace of Red Bull and Mercedes. Exactly. So exactly. anytime so that's that's in front of them, they gotta capitalize. I don't exactly. And that's why I don't fault anybody for their decision making. I actually think their decision making landed squarely in bounds of what you would expect those teams knowing what they know to make. 
And so, right. you know, Lando comes on the radio and his team's like, how do you feel out there? Mm-hmm. Do you, you want to come, come in? Yeah. And I, and I remember he just like screams like, shut up. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> he goes no, no, shut up. Like, no, crazy. We're not going to do that. It's the only way we're going to win. And a not, lot of people, not even here yet. You and, know? A, and a lot of people kind of chastised him for this, but it's like, he's a 21 year old kid. Yes. He's a professional, but he's a 21 year old kid. That's what, five, heart six, is probably five, six, through his effing head. Yeah. Right and he's now, five like, or six laps away from his first, from achieving the his dream as a child. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's what people I don't think kept in mind here. That's what I thought too. And so I, at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, when I'm watching the race, I thought that's a little jarring. Like maybe, maybe he should, maybe he should have more of a conversation with them. But at that point, he's just focused on trying to stay in front of Lewis. Yeah, right. Whereas Lewis, the dude's in second place. He's got mm-hmm. a bunch of time behind him, you know, he free can time. hit and not get passed. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and so worst case scenario, the dude pits, puts and on intermediate in position. and he stays in second place and he's lost nothing. He's, right. He's risked nothing, crashing yeah. into a wall and, and having a DNF and not getting any points. Right. So from my, from my perspective, Mercedes made precisely the decision they should have made and yeah. Lando well, put it all out there. And, and Lewis was so going Lewis, for the win. Lewis also initially ignored team orders to come in yeah. and get the new tires. So he felt the same thing as Lando. The difference was Mercedes overruled yes, him and, and made him come in. And they and, were super confident when they right. came on that radio and they said, it is like 100% going to get worse. You have to come in. Yeah. Whereas when Lando came back and was like, shut up. Yeah. I'm driving. Leave me alone. <laughs> you right, know, they right. were like, ah. well, and one of the arguments I heard, I mean, this was the gamble. Basically, the way the timing worked out is when Lewis went in, he was going to have to gain over six seconds a lap on Lando in the remaining like five or six laps to win the race. And so Lando basically must have looked at it like, I can, he's great in the rain. We know that. Lando is great in the rain. And he must have thought, I can keep this together for another five or six laps on slicks. Yeah. 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 And unfortunately, so long as it doesn't turn into a downpour. Unfortunately, it did turn which into is heavy what it, rain. Which is what it did. And, I, <laughs> and you and, knew it. You knew it. Yeah. And he, he ended up going up to a corner and he just kept going straight and he just kept going straight and he didn't crash, thankfully, <laughs> but he out. tumbled all the way down and ended up finishing in seventh place, uh, which is heartbreaking for McLaren, heartbreaking for Lando to be but so I still close. think he and the team, at least him, I think mm-hmm. he made the right call because like yeah. I said, so often gamble. you get this BS chatter about mm-hmm. the rain and it doesn't come. And so if the, if the, we lived in a different universe mm-hmm. and the rain had not come, you'd say that what dude's amazing. Yeah. What a call, you know, yeah. <laughs> instead yeah. everybody beats him up for it. No, and I no. don't think you should be because all the cards are on the table at, at that right. point. It's really your only chance to win, you know? Well, yeah, I agree. And, and the, so Lewis ends up winning. And who is in second place? Yeah, Mister Start at the back of the field. His way back. Max Verstappen, and you know a lot they of people came in and put on intermediates. Yeah, a know? lot of people. And said I think that's one of the reasons. 
reason I think why. you're right. I think you're right. A lot of people, you know, this is the funny thing. A lot of people say, oh, like Lewis gets lucky, Max gets lucky, etc. It's like the these guys both, you know, it's one thing to be lucky. There's a reason they're consistently one, two. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it, <laughs> they just, their cars are better. Their team strategy works well. You know, I mean, they're, they're not perfect, but like they're incredibly consistent. Yeah, and they're uh, accustomed to that level of performance. Right. And so when somebody comes on and says in a voice, in a tenor, no, this is going to get worse, you need to come in. Yeah, they then trust it's the like, engineers. okay, like I know my team, you know, because we're, mm-hmm. we consistently do this. They right. tell me things like that, and they're right. Right, exactly. There, There's a lot of trust between Lewis and his team, and not, not that there isn't with Lando McLaren, but he's a young guy, and he yeah, and it just hasn't developed. You it, know? He's, I mean, he's yeah, he. I mean, he's got he's still developing as a driver, and he's he's already yeah. just. Phenomenal. Lewis has been at this for freaking ever. Yeah. So Lewis, since, yeah, Lu- since what? When we were in, were we in college when he was still in F one? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was 15, like what, fifteen years, something like that. So I mean, yeah, I mean, his that's a his, long time, man. Yeah, he's been in the sport a long time. He he got he this was his hundredth Grand Prix win, which I, I heard an amazing stat. You know, Jackie Stewart is is often held up, rightly so, as one of the greatest Formula One drivers of all time. And Lewis now has more wins, Grand you know, first place finishes and Grand Prix than Jackie Stewart has Grand Prix Grand Prix participated in. I mean, that's how good I mean- He's been for how long, you know, it's it, crazy. It is true. And I, I think, you know, one of the things it's hard to always kind of preface all that with is a little bit, one, you know, how many races were they running back then? Right. There's um, more, a know, lot more, there's more races now. All that kind of stuff. Just the danger of it back then compared to what it is now. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it's like, it is a little like. It's a little apples to oranges, but it's still right. pretty amazing. It's super impressive, no doubt about it. Like not detracting from that, but like I didn't realize those metrics until people started talking about that, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, okay, well, yeah. And it's yeah, it's great you've got a hundred, but does it make sense to compare to the guy who's got you know twenty five in in the seventies who only had twelve when races they, a year and the drivers to, to died, <laughs> you yeah. know. Two or three drivers. Like, it doesn't make year. it doesn't quite make as much sense for those comparisons, but it's still staggering, yeah, staggeringly it, impressive. It, it's yeah. And then, so, and then Valtteri ended up in in the top in five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. He, he I, just I got a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a really just a really kind of topsy turvy race <laughs> that in the that yeah. ultimately the top you know the podium was not that surprising. <laughs> True, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> actually, so. yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. it was very interesting. So, you know, super interesting race. Um, the Drivers' Championship, I think there's two points between them um, with, a, like, seven races left. So really all yeah. still to play for. Uh, so we should have a phenomenal kind of back end here of the Formula 1 season. Uh, we're, off, they, uh, we're off are this they, week are we and on? we're in okay. Turkey next week. Okay, um, gotcha. And then the following week is is the U.S. Grand Prix in Austin. So Sweet. Yeah, That's so that'll cool. be so that'd be cool. Good to be but, back. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so we'll leave the F1, F1 chat there. And, and I wanted to really, you know, catch up on, uh, some pretty incredible EV news. We talked, we've talked about this, uh, off, uh, you know, off the podcast, but 
I thought it would be a good conversation um, uh, to roll into one. So in the last few weeks, we've had some pretty staggering you know, <clears throat> EPA mileage estimates for the Lucid Air come out, as well as Mercedes showing off uh, pretty much their whole new fleet of EVs, what they're calling their EQ line, uh, the EQS for the S-Class, the EQG for the G-Wagon. Um, I think there's an EQE for like their E-Class as well. And uh, so I thought it'd be... You yeah, know, some AMG version as well. I, I saw some photos. Yeah, there. so, uh, but kind of looking at the Lucid first, so the Lucid Air, which is a company that was basically started by the former, I believe was the chief engineer for the Tesla Model S. They, he and some of the other, a lot of folks from Tesla broke off to kind of do their own thing uh, and developed um, Lucid Motors and uh, with actually a pretty significant financial backing from one of the middle, I think it's it's like one of the sovereign wealth fund, wealth funds of the Middle East, one of the Middle Eastern countries, I forget which one, but anyways, they showed uh, an EPA estimated range of 520 miles for their new Lucid Air sedan, which you can get in a trim level up to 1,111 horsepower, <laughs> which is just, it's just insane, <laughs> dude. Insane. And they said that at a fast charging station, you can basically in 20 minutes get 300 miles of range, which... Yeah. Why I think this is staggering, we can talk about the design of the car and all this other stuff, but this, you and I have talked ad nauseum about range anxiety and how that will be, that needs to be overcome before there's going to be widespread EV adoption. And this, this to me ends that debate. Yeah, is no, it, I, know? I agree. It's really impressive. And I, I did, I don't, I can't be 100% certain here but I think that might be coming out of 110 you know kilowatt hour pack mm-hmm. um I, I hope I'm right about that but I can't remember off the top of my head but that's, that's really right. pretty it's really impressive from the standpoint of um it's 113 like my, kilowatt hour pack okay yeah. okay so I forget what my Tycon pack is but it's I feel like it's in the 90s or something or maybe mm-hmm. you know so they are somehow getting that range out of another 23 kilowatt hours, which really just speaks to the fact that these cars are being designed incredibly efficiently right. and, you know, ground up designs to be able to achieve that because it's not like they doubled the pack size. So you're carrying around all this extra weight. Right. That's um, what, and that's what they talked about. They said, you know, in comparison to like a Tesla, they, they feel like they have developed a, a more efficient kind of advanced design compared to the Model S's platform. Yeah. And like we've talked about before, um, I mean, if you're a city commuter, if that's it, you're done. I mean, even right now with my Taycan with, you know, 250 range, 250 miles, um, Mm -hmm. that's plenty for me in a week to go to and from work, run errands around town and then plug in once on the weekend overnight and not even notice that I filled it up, which practically happens instantaneously because I go to bed and I wake up and it's just full and I had to do nothing to achieve that. And so if a car that's 500 miles, I mean, hell, you could go, you know, two weeks and it's, it almost starts to take out of the equation. um, The fact, you know, there's, there are some arguments that people will make about, well, I live in an apartment 
Mm-hmm. And so I, I can't have a charger. Yeah. Well, you know, if it, if you're inconvenienced only twice a week, maybe while you're going to get groceries or let's say grab mm-hmm. food and you're doing some fast charging yeah. while you're doing that, then it kind of solves that problem just because right. you have so much range. So think know? about it like this. So they say 300 miles of range in 20 minutes at a fast charger. So you could conceivably... Uh, even if you're driving a lot, which I mean, let's be real, like most people are driving maybe 10, 20 miles a day, unless you, you know, are living yeah, in your average commute massively, you know, so even it, you could, you could make your weekly run to Walmart, hit their electrify, plug it in at the electrify America station at Walmart, do your shopping, which may take you 15, 20 minutes. By the time you come out, you have recouped literally your entire range that you have used that week. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I know we probably sound a little asinine here. This is not an affordable car, but no, many, I mean, that's the many thing people. On. Right. But it's proof of concept. It's the fact that we're already here in one version, mm-hmm. which means that this is going to cascade shortly into many, many different models. Right. And I think from like our driving experience and our lifestyle in the upper Midwest, mm-hmm. I probably need at least 300 miles to yeah. the point where it's now convenient enough that I almost don't need to fast charge it for the trips I take and the things I can just get to my destination, plug it in overnight, mm-hmm. charge yeah. it, wake up in the morning and ready to go. Yeah. And so yeah. some people will be more than that, but I think we're already, when you're over 300 miles, you're already passing that point of, it doesn't really matter. The range doesn't really matter quite as much Yeah. to 90% of people, maybe. Yeah. No, I know. I Well, you know, it's funny we're talking about this because my brother-in-law just today got a Volkswagen ID4. Oh, cool. And, and he... He was, he's already kind of, they're coming up for Thanksgiving. He's already planning his route. And he's like, I think it's going to add, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half to the trip to, to do our charging and stuff. And I said, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it just means you're going to have, you're going to sit down for lunch instead of eating it while you're driving in the car. Yeah. But um, I did yeah. want to touch well, on price because that's an important thing. Um, I should give him, I should give him some advice about that. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll pass his number to you for sure. I would be um, happy to. Cause he's curious. He's curious. Well, he was curious what kind of range you got in the winter because <laughs> I told him, yeah, well, yeah. keep in mind, it's going to be cold up here. So, yeah, um, it's a little less, a little less. so the, uh, the pricing, uh, which you touched on. So there's multiple trim levels as is kind of de rigueur these days, but the, the base model, the pure is 77,000. The Touring's 87. The Grand Touring's 139. So you have a massive jump. The And then the Dream Edition is kind of their launch edition. And that's 169 and their limited production numbers and all this stuff. So they themselves... A lot of money. We have... <laughs> they, they said, we've solved the range anxiety problem, which I, I do agree with them in that in this scenario. They said, now we need to solve the problem of scaling this so that it can be affordable for the average consumer, which, you know, you and I have talked about this for a long time. Like these are all great. These EVs are all great, but if they're all going to be six figure monsters, like, you know, that's not, I mean, that's, that's just going to help rich people feel better about their conspicuous consumption. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. And I think that's the, the, 
my best guess here is that what they're doing is trying to get some return on their investment and getting mm-hmm. something out there that's crushing things on the drag strip and making YouTube videos yeah. to build the brand so that then yeah. when they come out with a car that's $30,000, Mm-hmm. Everybody's Everybody still interested it. in it. It's yeah. just like what There's they did with notoriety. The it's like what Tesla did with the Model Three. Like they built all this yeah. goodwill up with the Model S, and then came out with a, a more affordable version. Yeah, and now you actually see them kind of everywhere. Quite a bit. Yeah. We live. Yeah. So, so the the it, it's it's super interesting. I think the one gripe I have with the Air, uh, I will kind of hold over for our discussion of the Mercedes EQS because it's kind of the same problem. Um, yeah. I, I did want to talk about the EQs. So Mercedes at the, I think it was, um, it was the Frankfurt auto show it was an auto show in Germany, uh, unveiled a lot of their big new EV lineup, including the EQS, which is their flagship electrified sedan, uh, and the EQG, which is their electrified G wagon. Um, uh, as you, the, the EQS is expected to be 300 miles of range or so at least um the eqg i haven't seen too many range estimates yet um but uh, i would expect it's probably not going to be awesome given how freaking <laughs> huge it is yeah. Um, yeah but uh you know this has kind of a similar situation with the lucid air like even the base model and grant it's the s class i get that it is the even s the base, even the base model is over a hundred thousand dollars um yeah. and what did you think I kind of wanted to really focus I for me the design of yeah and that's both fine parts. I'm happy to focus you on know? because because the truth is I think in in a nutshell um it's the S class it's a big mm-hmm. car it's meant to be luxurious and opulent and just lovely and I'm sure right. we'll achieve that um right it's not going to blow your socks off that's not how they designed it you know the yeah. numbers on it are not like super impressive but they're not unimpressive they'll be just fine yeah now in terms of do i think either of these cars is super attractive mm-hmm. um not really but yeah. that's kind of i guess my opinion i think some sometimes i'll be honest i've been wrong a lot in the past you know i'll look at a car when it comes out the audi mm-hmm. a7 is one of these examples i was yeah, like oh, i really don't true. like that yeah. I don't like that. I think that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, now I'm buying a fastback car. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so things, but I, I, I feel that there's a, this kind of blobbiness. Yeah. Um, I, in, in the hunt for at this point efficiency, because right. aerodynamics matter, all of that stuff mm-hmm. is important to get these kind of crazy yeah. range anxiety doesn't matter numbers. Right. And in the, I, in the future is, I think battery packs become with greater capacity and smaller spaces. Then mm-hmm. you can kind of get them a little more flamboyant in your design language if you want. Yeah, I I actually, you know, it's funny because we talked about because of the skateboard architecture of EVs, the main way you're going to be able to differ, and they're all super fast. So, like, how do you differentiate one EV from another? Well, the design, you know, like you have to make a a beautiful design that makes me want to buy your car versus the other guy's car. And if you were to take the Mercedes badge and the lucid air design and swap them, I wouldn't be able to tell you which is which. (laughs) 
I okay. and and they both look like absolute shit in my opinion. They <laughs> they they the exter- I mean the interior's beautiful. The exterior looks like the boring shitty car from every like future dystopia movie you've seen. <laughs> and and it's just and I get it like you said it's an incredibly efficient shape but oh my god is it just depressing. And yeah, and that's you know, kind of is a... the is the S class buyer really going to yeah, put up with care? something that's ugly so that they can have an EV? Like if they're going to spend $150,000 on an EV with 300 miles of range, like go buy a Taycan Turbo S. Like yeah, yeah I mean, that is a that's a great question, man. And I don't know and, and that's getting back to what I at this point think is ugly. Is mm-hmm. that design language of the future? Right. And I just think it's ugly right now. And in five years, I'll look back and be like, those it's, were ahead of their time. <laughs> I think it's, here's the thing. I think, I think with car design, especially familiarity breeds like, you know, yeah. it, 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 it allows <laughs> us, it makes it less offensive. Like I'm already getting less, slightly less offended by a BMW grill. <laughs> like slightly less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because time is. Bad. I'm still offended. Feel, like not like. Feel a little bit. <laughs> I yeah. I don't want to like take a bat to to it, you know. <laughs> but like, I, th- this shape will always look like a shitty very frumpy a, a, a yeah, very box. Frumpy. Like very. Frumpy. <laughs> it doesn't matter how opulent the interior is. But I'm sure the more I see them, the more I'll just. I just won't really care about them. I won't be offended. Yeah. I just won't care about them. Well, that's, <laughs> you know, you know and, and that's the thing. I mean, the Taycan is a very efficient car as well. Mm-hmm. And I think personally, I mean, I bought one, so I think it's cooler looking. Yeah. Um, you know, and even like a Model S, even mm-hmm. when I see those today now, I'm like, that's still like a pretty damn cool looking car. Even though yeah, it's been around that long. And, and so, I don't mind the shape of that. That's kind of more of a conventional, almost like fastbacky sedan shape. Yeah, and so I am a little bit surprised that Mercedes chased the aerodynamics yeah. down so hard yeah. in this for the S class. And yeah. so now it will be interesting to see what their sales are evolved. like. Yeah, like is it is it more important for the people that are driving those to have the credentials that say hey listen i'm part of the future here mm-hmm. you know i know my car's a little bit ugly but look at my kid <laughs> right yeah or or do they you know unless i think unless they're truly i think unless they're truly like committed to the brand like at that price point you've got so many better looking options for evs but yeah i mean you can yeah, get a model s plaid EV, for that EVs. money and it and it's going to destroy like a it. Car. Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. on the opposite end of the aerodynamic spectrum, the EQG. <laughs> yeah. Which essentially oh, looks like a G wagon that somebody just threw a bunch of LEDs at. <laughs> I, I it's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was interesting seeing all the renderings and pictures of it with like the futuristic cities that don't actually exist today exist. Yeah, and will, right. <laughs> will never actually exist. Yeah. I <laughs> but, mean, uh, if this but that's thing what looks... we love about the G wagon, right? I mean, it's a box. It's absurd. So I love that they kept the box. My, me too. My, me too. My issue is like the, the pimp my ride led front <laughs> grill. And then they have a spare, they have the, you know, the G wagons have 
a spare tire holder on the back. It's like it's a part of the design, just like a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. And they they made it a square. Like what <laughs> what tire is well, going? That's in interesting. A I didn't notice that. Yeah. Huh. What, what tire is going <laughs> tire in a square the container? <laughs> yeah, the tire of the future. Uh, I it just it it's such a weird and and you know this they may change that in the final version but the the I'm wow. already seeing this trend like with the um I think it's the Cadillac Lyric is it their EV SUV yeah. the the front grill and this has been in their ad campaigns the front grill is has a bunch of LED lights in it too yeah I think it's like design language I mean yeah it's like there's LED Mercedes cruising around our town now with you know leds in the grill and stuff so yeah you know like it's like when audi did the led lights you know in the r8 yeah the running lights yeah kind of gave it just was like oh my god that's so cool and Mm -hmm. now they're everybody has them right now now you're like kia sorrento has led yeah yeah so <laughs> now we got to do something different we got to light the whole grill up. Oh, really? <laughs> i just wonder how obnoxious this shit's gonna be when you're driving around <laughs> at night and it's coming at you or it's in your rearview mirror yeah. uh you know if because because like all the lyrics they seemed like fairly bright <laughs> yeah. so, i don't know I don't it's know. just it's it's a really it'll be interesting I think to see how EV design language evolves, like you said, as as the batteries get more efficient, as they maybe um, try to look at different architectures to the battery pack instead of just the conventional skateboard like everybody uses now. Uh, Lotus, yeah, yeah. I think, is actually working on uh, a, a battery pack that would kind of simulate the weight distribution of a mid-engine car. Well, that's uh, cool. So, you know, I think there's there's... There's certainly a ton of evolution and new, and, and new thought processes that, that can go into these. But, man, I my hope for our EV future is going to dwindle pretty quickly if they all end up looking like the freaking S-Class. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way. Oh. I honestly do. I feel the same way. So hopefully, you know, we can spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's all, that's all uh, I think we have time for this week. But uh, really, you know, I still I do love my internal combustion engine cars, but I think some of the the evolving EV landscape is is looking quite interesting. Um, so uh, we'll be back uh, fairly short turnaround actually since we're recording late this week, but uh, we'll be back on Sunday with some uh, you know more automotive news since we don't have a race this week. We'll find something interesting to talk about. Uh, until then, you want to add anything, buddy? No, sounds good. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, Be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Blofeld Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes and Podbean. Help us, uh, really helps us reach more people. And until then, we'll see you next week.